some of what <clears throat> we're going to talk about will be a little bit of the same thing that Andrew had and then develop, develop those thoughts some more. Um, but again, in considering these good works, it goes right along with, with Stephen's Bible class this morning uh, and, and, and what Andrew said at the end of his lesson that as we've begun a new year, it's, it's always a good time just to be reminded of some things we should be doing. Uh, not things we could be doing, but things we should be doing. Evangelism, uh, these good works that, that we looked at in the last lesson and are going to look at in this lesson are all things that God expects us as His children to be busy uh, doing uh, as we live our lives every day. And so, and we read, uh, the, I guess, the base text for this in Ephesians chapter 2. Uh, at the beginning of Andrew's lesson, uh, and just, we're not going to read that again, but just to be reminded of what verse 10 talks about, it says, We are His workmanship, that's us, God's children, Christians, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So again, that, that is what we are created. When we talk about a, a new man, a Christian is a new man, is supposed to put on the new man, uh, that new man is created for good works, uh, and we're supposed to walk in them. And so that's our purpose as Christians. This is <clears throat> all throughout the New Testament, this idea, and Andrew had plenty of verses that showed that. Uh, the same thing, uh, zealous for good works, uh, this new man is supposed to be someone who is looking to do all of these good works. And again, it's really all boils down that the passage in Ephesians and this passage here both talks about the grace of God. It boils down to part of the reason that God expects us doing these good works is because that's what kind of God He is to us. That's what He has done and does for us is good works. He does good things for us. Um, you know, the biggest thing uh, that He's done for us is our salvation through His Son, uh, and so when you think about that, you think about the, the gratitude we're supposed to have for that and the response towards that, you can easily see why he expects us to be that kind of a person. I just Stephen. want to make a quick point. In Ephesians 2 and Titus 2, it's interesting to me that, that salvation itself is sort of like self-contained in terms of grace and everything. And it's followed up with the good works. And I think it's important for us to know that the good works themselves are not our salvation. Right. They are related to it, I think. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I think it's going to help us to know that, that our salvation in Christ is secure, that God has secured it in His grace. And, and you know, if I'm a Christian, that's, you know, that's there. That's always there for me. But I build on that. Right. By doing these good works and... and, and yeah, of course, I'm not saying, you know, if we don't do those good works, if we refuse to follow God's commands, then yeah, that's a problem. Right. We need to remember that those themselves are not our salvation. Right, and look at what verse 12 says there in that Titus passage, uh, right after talking about the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us. That's part of what God's grace does, is training us to renounce these bad things, you know, put them away and move on to being zealous for these good things. Uh, that, that's part of what God's grace does. Not only is it where we get our salvation, but it's, it, you know, His grace goes further than that. It's a trainer for us. It teaches us through His words, uh, through the things that He tells us we're supposed to be doing and becoming. 
it, it gets right into those good works. I just want to say, I mean, you, you, you want to ask yourself when you're thinking about, am I exempt for these things, is at what point does refusing God's will for me become sin to me? Right. You know? mm -hmm. And so, you know, he alluded to this idea, as Stephen did just now, of, of confidence in, those, in that salvation. Right. And this is, you know, our salvation's been bought by him, but, you know, who's buying your confidence here? You see what I'm saying? In other words, by adopting that will, you know, you obviously have confidence that he can do what he said he would do. That's part of where your right. confidence comes from. But does, does not your confidence come from you buying into this? In other words, you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Not only do I think he can do what he said he was going to do, but I also believe he's going to do it when I do what he said he wanted me to do. Right. <laughs> you know, that, it's right. kind of like that uh, Romans 12, you know, are you giving yourself, is it reasonable for you to assume that you're going to give your life in his service? And when mm -hmm. you do that, is it reasonable for you to have confidence in your salvation at that point? You know, mm -hmm. so Right. All of them kind of tied up. And part of the reason I said that too is that I think we got a lot of Christians that devote themselves greatly to good works, but maybe they're not really truly spiritual, you know, being spiritual themselves. And they think of their good works as their spirituality. Right, right. Yeah, and that that can happen. That is something we have to, I guess, check ourselves personally for and be sure we're not just doing these good works, um, obviously, for our own glory. I mean, everybody understands that. But, but that we're not doing them just as a checklist, right? Just as, hey, I did this, 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 and this, because that's not what it's about. It, it's, we're supposed, supposed to be doing these things because this is the will of God. This is what God wants us doing. Um, it's not something that we're just, again, checking off the list to get it, get it done and out of the way with. Um, you know, when we think about the why, Andrew talked about some of this. I mentioned, you know, the why starts really because of what's been done for us. Uh, we also, in thinking about why do these good works, we think about our, our example who we follow in Jesus. In John chapter 9, uh, we see that Jesus uh, there makes the statement, I must work the works of him who sent me. You know, that's what Jesus was about while he was walking this earth, doing the works that God wanted him to do. Uh, in John 17, 4, Jesus says he's accomplished the work that the Father gave him to do. Uh, and so, again, we've got Jesus there as an example. Uh, that falls under the category of why we should be doing these things. Um, also, another reason that we do these things is because we're going to be judged on it. Uh, that passage we read, we're not going to take the time to read it again, but that passage in Matthew 25 uh, you know, where there's the sheep and the goats and, you know, I was hungry, I was thirsty, uh, I was in prison. All those things that Jesus is saying there, that's, that's part of what we'll be judged on. It's not the only thing, uh, but, but these good works and whether we're doing them or not is definitely part of what we will be judged on. I think you can see that in Revelation. Uh, in chapter 2 and, and talking to the churches there in Asia, we see this phrase, Jesus saying, I know your works. You know, that is being looked at. That, that is what God looks at and considers uh, in our judgment. Uh, also, Revelation 14 and Revelation 20 uh, both have these phrases about us being judged based on the things that we have done. And so 
Again, it's important to, to be doing what we're supposed to do because that's part of what our judgment will entail. Um, <clears throat> also, we're commanded to. Uh, 15, 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty eight. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. That's the work of the Lord is the things He wants us doing, knowing that in the Lord are la- your labor is not in vain. Uh, again, 2 Thessalonians 3.13, As for you, brothers, do not grow weary in doing good. James chapter 1, verse 22, We're to be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving uh, yourselves or ourselves. And so, again, th- that's not by any means the only three passages that, that are commandments for us to be doing good, but just to, to reiterate the why of all of this. Another thing, uh, Andrew touched on this some, and I'm going to talk some more about it. <clears throat> but when you think about these good works, um, what are, not only is it good for us to do them because God said, but uh, God being this wonderful creator that he is and setting things in order the way that he has, the things that he tells us are for what? For our good, right? Everything he tells us to do, and Stephen prays this a lot of times, uh, that, that God you know, does us no harm. The things that he tells us to, to do uh, are for our good. And I think when we think about these good works and, and really take a step back and think about, okay, is the person I'm doing these for, is that the only one benefiting from them? If, if we're honest and, and take a step back and consider that, I think we can see no. You know, that when I do these things, I benefit um, also sometimes even more than the one you're, you're doing the good work for or the, the recipient of the good work. Uh, Romans 8.28 says, We know that for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to His purpose. Uh, Philippians 1, starting in verse 3, this is Paul writing to uh, the brethren there at Philippi. It says, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. All right, and so I want us to think about that where he began a good work in us and he will bring it to completion uh, at the day of Jesus Christ. Is a Christian... Once we become a Christian, this is a, a toss-up question, you know, an easy, give me. But once we become a Christian, is that it? You know, are we, that's who we are from then on. We don't, we don't have anything to do. We don't make any changes from then on. I made my change to being a Christian, and that's it. That's not, it, that's not at all it. It's a, it's a process of growing throughout the rest of our lives, and, and we all understand that. And, and I'm, I'm firmly convinced that uh, this good works, doing these good works that, that we've been talking about this morning are a, a major player, a big part of that growth and of how we develop and become and, and the person and the people that God wants us to be. Um, we'll talk about that a little bit more as we go through here. <clears throat> um, let's see. Look at what Paul wants for them, and we'll, we'll talk about this a little bit more also. It says, It is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve what is excellent, and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, 
filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. And so, again, these are Christians Paul's writing to, and what do we see? He's wanting them to uh, be filled with knowledge and discernment so that they can approve what is excellent, be pure and blameless. It's this idea of growth and development and becoming more and more like God wants us to be. Uh. <clears throat> And so, think about, and, and along this idea of these good works are good for us and help us to develop into to better Christians or, or uh, become closer to this goal of, of completion or perfectness like His Son was. What did Jesus, what do we see about uh, Jesus' life in Hebrews pertaining to obedience? What does it say he did? Learned it? Remember the phrase, he learned obedience? Uh, that's always jumped out at me as, you know, why would he need to learn that? But that's what the Hebrew writer says. Uh, what did Paul learn throughout his service to God and all of the good things he did? What, what is one thing we see Paul saying he had learned to be? Content, Content right? That's something he learned through... Throughout his life, through doing the things God wanted him to do, through doing the good works, uh, the evangelism, all of those type things, he learned things. He learned contentment. And so that's, that's what I'm talking about when I say that doing God's will or doing these things helps us to become more uh, in line with who God wants us to be. There's some things that we have to put in practice uh, and do that teach us lessons uh, and help us to be become better. Uh, think about who are we told as Christians uh, that it's better to associate with, or who, associate with who? Uh, you're probably saying, "Well, I could be a bunch of things, man." Uh, the humble, right? Uh, or the lowly? We're supposed to spend time or or be with the lowly, not the high-minded people. Uh, think about what helping uh, needy people does. If we form relationships and really Take the time to help someone needy. And I, I mean, it's good to give somebody 20 bucks. That's, that's helping them sometimes. But, but really, if somebody needs help and you take time to help them and spend time helping them, what, what do we gain from that? If we're the ones doing the helping and, and spending time, what, what can that teach us? What lessons can we get from that? Or what areas does that help us to grow in? You're spending time with the humble. You might learn a little of that. Learn humility. Uh, when we consider other people's situations and the things they're having to go through, and if we compare them to ours, gratitude, gratitude uh, humility. Um, it can open doors for what Stephen talked about this morning for evangelism. If we build these connections among ourselves and among people who are not Christians uh, through doing these good works, that can help us. Uh, in opening doors to talk about the gospel and talk about things uh, from the Bible and, and those, uh, those areas. You know, there's uh, just when I think about it, there's so much to be gained from us just putting these into practice. And I think that's why we see it stressed so much, like in Titus. Andrew made the point that it's, you know, it's mentioned a lot of times in Titus. You know, be careful to maintain these good works. Make sure they're maintaining these good works. 
You know, it's not that Paul's saying, hey, look, they need to make sure they're doing this because these people need, need have needs. It's not just that. I think it's a lot more than that. It, it's so much to be gained from all parties involved in these good works. And so I, I, I believe that's why uh, God put it there for us, and that's why Paul, through the Holy Spirit, stresses it so much. Does that make sense? Let me head nod. <laughs> right. Um, God has also equipped us for it. I don't think we read this passage yet, but in 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, we're told that all Scripture is breathed out by God, uh, profitable for teaching, reproof, correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. And so not only has God commanded us to do these things, shown us through the examples of his son and through what the apostles and early Christians were doing, uh, but he's also prepared us and equipped us to do these things that he wants us doing uh, so that we can be trained in them. We looked at that uh, in another passage, this idea of how his grace trains us uh, is through his word, uh, trained in righteousness, equipped for every good work. And so he's given us the things that we need to do these good works through his instructions, the examples, uh, New Testament and Old Testament, we can see uh, what good works are. Uh, Andrew pointed out that, that instance in Acts about Dorcas and the things Dorcas had been doing and you know that that was good works. Those, those type things are, are what is oftentimes being talked about in good works uh, is the benevolent uh, activities. Again, many times, and, and Andrew made this point, many times when you, when you look up good works, what are we supposed to be doing? It's going to oftentimes be helping others, whether it's like Dorcas, whether it's food type stuff, whether it's like Matthew 25, the judgment scene, I was hungry, thirsty, naked, lonely, those type things. Benevolence is many times uh, what you will see tied to good works uh, in 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 plain language there. Uh, James chapter 1, verse 27, pure religion is to visit the orphans and widows in their need and keep oneself unspotted from the world. Yeah, going back to that part about the equipment and, you know, uh, I guess football is almost over for the year, but you think about, you know, there's always this, some folks, you know, I want to be on the team, I want the jersey or whatever, but when they're passing out of a, at that equipment, you know, Here's the pads, here's the shoulder pads, here's the helmet, here's all the stuff, you know. Uh, here's what you need to participate. Right. Uh, you know, you can't really imagine anybody, even though they might be thinking it, saying, oh, no, I don't need that. You know, I'm planning on sitting on the sideline. That's a safe place, but I just want the jersey. I'm sorry, you know. Right, oh, right. this right here. You know, you don't think about it in terms like that, but what you see a lot of times in the church, you know, Oh no no no! I just want the jersey. I just want to sit on the pew. I really and not want be to be involved out there doing none of that. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's kind of a. And you're like, well, now that's crazy. You know, like if you think about that in terms, I mean, I can't imagine. Right, a team. Well, I want to be on the team. And I can't imagine not be just sitting there on the edge of the sideline. Put me in, coach. Put me in. You know, you got that. You, you want to go. Right, and 
and that's that was one of my my next points is in thinking about these things you have to just like with evangelism uh or really just like anything that you're you're trying to be successful at you got to make a focused effort towards it right so you you don't you don't just happen upon helping somebody very often you got to look for those opportunities and be aware of them and think about you know okay what can i be doing to help someone or to help this person or that you person. You gotta fix your want to first. Mm -hmm. Like if you don't want to, you know, if you don't want to be out there on that field, if we really just want to be on the sideline, I just want the right, you won't. whatever, you, well, what's the chances, you know what I'm saying? Right, right. It's pretty low. Mm -hmm. So if you want to is not fixed, none of the other stuff's gonna fall in place. So, you know, if I don't want to serve the Lord in this way, I don't want, I don't, love those folks well enough that I want to help them to right. have the joy I have or whatever, you know, to experience with you. I don't want to share what I got or what, you know what I'm saying? Right. And a lot of, I mean, a lot of times, I guess that's something we have to examine ourselves on because a lot of, I mean, I'm sure you can find somebody that'll actually tell you, I don't want to do what God wants to yeah, do. But, but for the most part, it's something people may not even realize about themselves. You know, and, and ourselves, we have to check ourselves and be sure that we're we're wanting to do the will of God and striving towards that. Um, and and if we do, we'll make these focused efforts to, to be looking for opportunities. You know, oftentimes I've, I've and I've, tried to, to get better at this but you know sometimes you may see somebody in a situation that they have gotten themselves into oftentimes uh, something they need uh, they've gotten themselves into a bind and, and my tendency you know would be to look at them and say well you know that was dumb they did that no wonder they're in that situation you know and, and move along from there you know that's what they get kind of mentality instead and that is what i mean it is what you get when i make a dumb move doing something it costs me you know that's just the cause and effect of life in a sense but we have to look at that and, and even if it is someone's uh you know they're getting what they deserve in a sense there's still opportunities for us to be able to help with that and work through that and overcome those things help them overcome those things um even though it is their fault they're in the middle of that because i mean i mean like i said it's my fault when i'm in the middle of a mess uh, but i still want help to get out of that right uh, and so we got to to have that same uh attitude uh when when considering those things and looking for opportunities there's no perfect situation of, of always who to help. Uh, Steve. Just a question about, <clears throat> on that same point, opportunities and who to help. Um, Romans 12.10, be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love and honor giving preference to one another. Mm -hmm. um, just my two cents, I, I, I look at that with a standpoint that if I've got two people that need help whether financially or time-wise or whatever you know benevolence wise one of them's a brother in Christ one of them's just out there in the world I I mean do I give prep is that what I mean by giving preference in the sense that if I if I've got ten dollars you know and I'm gonna split up that ten dollars of help between these two people does that mean I give the Christian seven and the center three 
Right. Yeah, I mean, again, there's no, you know, there's no perfect answer in those situations. I do think that passage in Romans talks about you are giving preference to your brethren. They, they would come above uh, or, or take priority over uh, those who are not Christians. Uh, but, you know, my, my experience has been oftentimes that, especially the country we live in, it's not our resources necessarily that are limiting us from like in that situation if you if i examine myself say oh well i i can't come up but with this much oftentimes i can come up with more than what i think you know and there or, or i can I, I may have another brother who i know could help and is willing to help you know there's other ways to fulfill those needs uh and and try to address them both as best as possible is that's my thoughts on those type situations is there's always a little more if I get to looking, you know, <laughs> to be able to come up and, and help. So, um, okay, Let's see where we are. All right, so some of those uh, good works that that we've been talking about are spelled out pretty plain, plainly, not necessarily in a, a ten verse list of these are the good works God expects, but we can see them spelled out and commanded and shown you know, in different ways in the Bible that, okay, those are good things God expects us to be doing. Um, other things require uh, us to think about them a little bit more. You know, in James, it, it says, Who is wise and understanding among you by his good conduct? Let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. Uh, and if you look at that chapter and, and what James is saying there, he's contrasting evil works and good works and, and saying that, you know, those who are wise and understanding will show by their good conduct. They'll show uh, by what they're doing, the actions they're taking, uh, that, they're, that they're the ones that are trying to do what's pleasing to God. And so in thinking about things that, that aren't necessarily in a... Um, aren't necessarily under the words or in a list of these are God's good works type things, uh, I oftentimes think about the fact that these good works can filter into our attitudes. It can filter into our motives, our thoughts, our words, etc. All of all of that is required to be aligned correctly, to be pleasing to God. And you know, think about the fruit of the spirit in Galatians five, uh, and some of those things. I think we would all say some of those are all good works. You know, if you if you read that in Galatians five, you'll see. Uh, long-suffering, you'll see kindness, you'll see goodness, you'll see gentleness and self-control. All of those, I would say, would fall under the realm of good works or things that uh, good works are tied to, uh, like kindness. You know, obviously the benevolence stuff we've been talking about falls under kindness, but kindness is also an attitude that we show towards people. Uh, it's things we say. Uh, that could be encouraging, right? Um, goodness, the same way, just general goodness in our actions, long-suffering, patience, all of those are good works. They're, they're things that we do that aren't necessarily giving somebody $5 or a loaf of bread or a, or a tunic, you know, uh, but there, it's attitudes, thoughts, words, motives, the, the things we say and the way we interact with people can also fall under these good works, I think. Any comments or thoughts about that? All right, what about uh, praying for our brethren? Would anybody here argue that that's a good work? I don't 
you know, I don't think we would. That that is uh that is something we see the apostles doing. Uh, it's something we understand just in general reading the scriptures that, that we need to be doing for each other. Uh, we actually see uh, in Colossians uh, verse starting in chapter one verse nine, uh, Paul here talking to the brethren there, it says, And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will <coughs> and all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. May you be strengthened with all power according to His glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy giving thanks to the Father who's qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. Okay, so not only can we, you know, conclude here that praying for the brethren or praying for our brethren, us praying for our brethren is something good for us to be doing. That is a good work. But what are some things we see here that that uh, we should and could pray for one another about? Strong. Yeah, strength, uh, endurance, patience. Um, that we, yeah, filled with the knowledge of His will. That we would grow in knowledge, uh, grow in understanding. Um, that we would bear fruit. You know that that we each of us would bear fruit. You know all of those type things. Again, this. This is all good work things that we can do for one another that are a little bit a little bit different than just these benevolent acts that we've been talking about and so that's that's why I wanted to mention them. Um Right, and our and our confidence in that, and in believing what God tells us about prayer—that you know, the prayer of the righteous avails much. You know that it is a powerful tool, um, and again, does it help? Well, again, it's it's all all of this is twofold. Okay, does it help you to know that someone's praying for you? It does. If someone, especially, I mean, we ask, I do this, I'll ask somebody to pray for me for this or about that or whatever. We do that all the time. But when the person you ask, you know, lets you know later, hey, I've been praying for you, does that make you feel a little better about it? It does me, you know, to know that people care, right? That someone is going to God and, and praying about that. And so don't be afraid when, when people ask us to, to pray for certain things going on to, in, in their lives. Don't be afraid to let them know that, hey, I've been doing that. I'm hoping, you know, that, that this is helping you, Stephen. When you hear about the issue, do your best to stop right then and there and pray. Yeah, so you don't forget. Oh, yeah, I've... Oh yeah. Mhm. That's right. Um, all right. So it helps the person you're praying for. Does it help you to pray for someone else? 
I mean, to, to earnestly and diligently think about praying for someone and, and to do that. And, and when you go in God to talk about this other person, the things that they have going on and, and, and pray for them, does that help you, the one praying? It does me. I may be, I see a couple more nods. It does me. You know, you feel, at least me, you know, personally, it seems to help maybe with the connection or relationship with that person or, or remind me of the concern I have for them. Uh, and so all of this, especially among ourselves, builds uh, the relationship we have among ourselves. Think about what, what the early Christians were doing in Acts. I mean, it seems like they were like that, you know. And so part of that is through sharing in these things together, praying for one another together, doing these good works uh, for each other and together. Even praying for fallen Christians. Mm -hmm. fallen Christians we, we don't ever have to stop that. In fact, um, I always remember what Samuel says when the people are like, you know, don't, don't stop praying for us. He's like, far be it for me to sit against the Lord and ceasing to pray for you. Right. I'm not saying mm -hmm. it's a sin for us to stop praying for somebody, but I mean, there's always that sense that that praying for someone else is a benefit, I think. Right. Mm -hmm. It is. For for them and for us, I believe. Right. Mm -hmm. You should never be ashamed of you in Christ and I'm in Christ. You know, that we, you know, can't express ourselves like that sometimes. Because if I pray to the Father, you know, He just talks about the little children, you know, you know and He does, He loves the children, little children. Well, we are all little children in God's eyesight. And if He's a Father, we as children, we are sisters and brothers of me in Christ. So let's do my soldier to know that I'm a mom to my brothers and sisters in Christ. Right. And, you know, one thing, um, well, we'll probably talk about that uh, in the next point and thinking about that. But again, be thinking along the lines of how do the, the lines of these good works and the benefit that the one doing them gets. Because I, I think oftentimes we underestimate that. Uh, if we really thought about it in the right way, uh, about how much good we get from doing these good works, then uh, we would probably be more eager to find places where we can do them. All right, uh, another thing in trying to think about some things that aren't necessarily these benevolent type activities, but are still good works that God expects us to be doing, uh, this idea of encouraging others, uh, upholding the weak, uh, those those things, I think everyone here would agree that is a good work. That is something God expects us to be doing. We can see that clearly in scriptures. Uh, Galatians chapter 6, starting in verse 1. Brothers, if anyone's caught up in any transgression, you who are spiritual, restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But it, let each one test his own work, 
And then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor, for each will have to bear his own load. Uh, and then again in 1 Thessalonians 5, starting in verse 14, it says, And we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. See that no one repays evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. All right, so, you know, just a multitude of things there that we could pluck out of those two passages that would fall under, uh, I think, good works. What are some of the things we see that we're to be doing there uh, that would be good works? Easy questions. Easy questions. I mean, I don't, I don't want to wear out the football thing, but, you know, you think about the admonish the idol that on that second passage, you know, I, I think about, okay, that's the guy that's sitting on the sideline. Encourage the faint-hearted, you know, that's the one that's wore out and tired out there or whatever, and you you got to hip him up and kind of same with the help the weak, you know, mm -hmm. and, and be patient with them all, you know. In other words, my admonishment still has to have patience and my encouragement has to have patience and my help has to have patience. You know? Right. All that, but you know, you got all these different characters and you got a little bit different instruction for the different characters, but mm -hmm. patience goes with all of it. Right, and, and so... Then verse 15, see no one pays evil for evil. There's a place where when I see a, one brother treating another brother in the way they ought not to, there's a place for me to go to that brother and say, hey, you don't have to do that, you know, or... Right. Right, and when you read that, I mean, that's something I've been guilty of, I believe. You know, and that, I th when you read that verse, you're like, well, who in the world would repay evil for evil? But what happens when emotions get involved, right? And and you end up treating people some way that that, that is evil or that you shouldn't. And so um, it's something that <laughs> the devil has a thousand different ways to get at us, and, and we have to be guarded, you know, every, every which way uh, to to uh, be careful we don't let him uh, tempt us and give in to those temptations. Um, you know, the end of verse 15, always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. And so that that should be the things that, that we are looking to do. We're seeking to do good. We're, we're paying attention, being aware, looking for opportunities uh, to do these good things that we've been talking about all morning. Um you know, again, we see these ideas of bearing one another's burdens, burdens, uh, restoring the unfaithful, um, maintaining a humble attitude ourselves, uh, encouraging the faint-hearted, helping the weak, uh, patient. We talked about that. Uh, praying. We talked about that, and and always seeking to do good. And again, uh, I guess the point I want to continue to keep driving home is. Even in these things, the doer benefits greatly from doing, right? If you are helping your brother bear their burden, is there a benefit in that for you or is that just an encumbrance for you that you're doing, you're just doing this because God said? There's benefit in it for you, right? It, it, the relationship between you and that brother, even if it's a brother you're going to to correct or or, or admonish or, or try to help them uh, to do better in something that they're not doing right, uh, there's benefit in that. Uh, me personally, 
you know, it, it's always an opportunity. It seems to help with humility if it's gone about the right way to consider someone's situation. Think about uh, the things they're going through um, and how you can help them overcome that. Again, we have to be humble in going to them, but it, it, it helps in humility if we go about it the right way. Uh, at least for me it does. Um, verse 3 there in Galatians, If anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Uh, and so we have to beware of that. Any other comments? That's really all that I had to, uh, you know, We've said this really all morning and talking about evangelism and talking about doing these good works and doing these things uh, that God expects us to be doing. It's all going to require a dedicated effort. We're going to have to be wanting to do the will of God. We're going to have to uh, understand and be willing to give of our time. A lot of times doing good is not something that just costs us monetarily. Uh, it, it's really more about our time. Are we willing to take time and spend time uh, doing good for others? Um, look for those opportunities, and, and if we do that, I, I think, as I keep saying, we will benefit from it as well as the one who is being helped. Uh, I think among brethren, it's one of the ways we grow closer together. Uh, it should strengthen relationships. It, you know, think about... Uh, Jesus' statement about someone who forsakes all to follow him. And what does he say they gain? All of that a hundredfold, basically, right? Um, and so, you know, among brethren, if we have the relationships we're supposed to have, uh, this doing good for one another helps to strengthen those and helps us to grow closer together, uh, which in turn... Uh, gives us, uh, at least in my opinion, uh, greater assets for, for serving God uh, through the encouragement we get of our brethren. Any more comments? You know, I think. Yeah, yeah, we have. We, uh, I guess we mentioned that maybe a little bit some this morning, but you know, again, that opens doors. You know, that doing good works in and of itself isn't evangelism but it opens doors for evangelism uh you know someone's not going to be saved just because they see you doing a good work but it, it can definitely open a door for you to talk with them about uh the things in the gospel and what god has done for us and and things pertaining to salvation and so it glorifies god it opens doors it, you know I don't know if anybody's been able to come up with a, a negative about doing good works, but I, you know, I don't think there really is one. If it, if it is a negative in your mind, it's probably a, something where you're not thinking about it just in the right way.